0: Va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Ophil. Marca Mesut Ophil. Ahí está el córner. Gol. Gabriel Paulista. Marca el primero para el Arsenal. El córner. Que sacó Mesut Ophil.
1: This is Arscast Extra. Hello there and welcome to another Arscast Extra. As always with James from Gunnerblog. Goodly morning to you. Goodly morning. You're alive. This is good. People were worried on the uh, on the Twitter. They were worried because I said you were late. I thought that maybe you'd slept it out or perhaps been eaten by a Kodiak bear. But none of those things are... I mean, the case.
0: Were, no. Were they worried, though? I mean, looking at my timeline, it seems that mainly they were delighted because they thought that some sort of misfortune could only mean good things for Arsenal.
1: Yeah, there was some suggestion that we would definitely win the league if you had been eaten by a bear. But I have to say, as much as I want us to win the league, I would prefer if, if you weren't eaten by a bear. Or at least if that did happen, only bits
0: of you were eaten rather than all of you. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Right. Well, that's good. Um, what the reality of the situation is this. I'll come clean. I woke up, as planned, by alarm, half past eight. A very good time to awake. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm not very well. I've got this weird sort of... Well, it's not that weird. It's I think it's a cold. Um, and I thought, I know, I'll just catch an extra 20 minutes and that will cure me. That will cure me of my ailments. Right. And that 20 minutes... Became about two hours. Okay, but uh, you should be feeling refreshed now. Now I'm, I mean, I'm as healthy as I've ever been. Again, bad news for Arsenal fans.
1: Yeah, this is bad news. Anyway, I'm glad you're here. Uh, how was your weekend? That's how the are, important thing. Yeah, how are all your shows? Are you now? Are you now the 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 toast of London? Do you have more charisma than ever before? Hmm.
0: Um, I, I don't know if i will go that far, but they were very nice indeed. Thank you. I had a lovely week at Soho Theatre. And thank you very much to some Arsenal fans who came along, podcast listeners. I was very touched by that. In fact, some even pointed out how delighted they were to see me not wearing a tracksuit in the aftermath of the show. Uh, so that was a, a nice moment. Wow. But yeah, I had a lo- lovely week. What about you? Uh,
1: I've, I've had a you know a grand week, fairly quiet weekend. I have spent basically the weekend... Uh, because I thought I might piggyback off your success at the Soho Theatre, I thought I would I would spend the weekend trying to master an impression
0: of you. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I mean, are we going to hear it? Yeah. Do you want to hear it? Uh, desperately. Okay. Hang on. <clears throat> here we go. Here we go. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Pretty good, eh? You absolutely nailed that. All right. But I listen, that's just basic. Anyone could do that. I've decided that I've got to you know to to launch my career on the stage I've got to have like at least 3 or 4 right just so a few
0: phrases yeah, yeah, yeah that you well
1: maybe just different variations I think you'd say so this is my impression of you okay. uh, my impression of you with a, with a stutter okay
0: bye okay. wow okay. <laughs> 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 that's uncanny yeah it really maybe is. I'm maybe I'm nervous about saying goodbye at that point yeah. Here
1: is my impression of you after you've uh, sucked on a helium balloon. you want to hear that one again?
0: Yeah. Pretty yeah. good. Uh, I can see that. Yeah, pretty. That's, that's how I imagine exactly. exactly how I'd say it in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, and the final one that I did, this
1: is you having been possessed by the devil, slamming a crucifix into your own ghee. Quite good, eh?
0: Very good. Very good. So, I mean... There's, there's the makings of a career here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you I, mean it, uh, I only yeah. wish I was more successful, yeah. so that you could capitalize to a greater extent.
1: I know. Well, look, the the onus is on you now to uh, you know to 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 push on from here and to uh, to drag me along with you to great international fame and fortune. No pressure.
0: Oh, no pressure. No pressure. Don't worry. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Okay. Um, it's deadline day. Hello. Oh Happy yeah. Transfer deadline day. Absolutely. I think it's. Um, I mean. It, it means nothing to us, though, does it? Oh, Vienna! Ah, uh, Vienna! Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but uh, it feels a bit weird that we're not we're not involved. Normally we have normally we haven't done something by this point. And we're all panicking about if it's going to get over the line.
1: That's very true. Arsen Wenger said today. Um, you know, people were saying, "Are you going to do any business?" And he goes, "Hey, wait a minute here." I'm actually one of the only ones who's done some business. He said, I told you we'd do at least one transfer. I would have been open to do uh, one more, but there's a rarity on the market at the moment. And then he said if there was going to be any more business, he said 99% no, but if if Lionel Messi knocks on my door at 10 to 6, I won't tell him to go back to Barcelona.
0: Okay. Well, that's nice to know, isn't it? Yeah. It's, It's unlikely to happen. No, but if he does, if he if he bothers to make the trip over, mm. at least we're going to show him a bit of a bit of warmth, a bit of a warm welcome, yeah, upon arrival.
1: It would be f- quite funny to, uh, to to think of Lionel Messi wandering around. Where does Arsene Wenger live? Leafy Hertfordshire somewhere, I guess.
0: Yeah, Totteridge.
1: Yeah, with his with his bindle, all his little possessions. You know, his uh, his accountants right. number is is uh, his tax clearance certificates and everything in his little little bindle there, looking around. Mm. Excuse me, is this Arson Wenger's house? Excuse me,
0: please. Can you imagine? Yeah, I can imagine. Some 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 miscreant directs him in the wrong direction. He ends up at Daniel Levy's house. It all goes wrong.
1: Oh God! Yeah.
0: Um, about thinking about
1: no, not really. Someone
0: find Leon Essy, help him.
1: <laughs> he's wandering around. He's little. He's hard to spot. But you know,
0: he is. He is.
1: But look, uh, apart from uh, the fact nobody's going to come in, it, it looks like we might see a couple going out. Matthew Debussy, the manager, saying, eh, maybe, maybe it's it's still a possibility he's going to go out. But at this point, you know, it's, it's touch and go. He's had all month, hasn't he, to, uh, to find a club. And there have been clubs interested in him, and he doesn't seem to have been that interested in them back.
0: Yeah, was he bluffing? What's going on? I don't know. I thought he was desperate to get out. Yeah, that's what he said. I'm desperate to get out, he said. I know, I know. But, I mean, I, I suppose when your options are Sunderland or Villa, maybe that makes you f- rethink.
1: Yeah, but you're either desperate or you're not. If you're desperate, that's why you choose Sunderland or Villa. If you're not so desperate, you go, well, you know, but he was desperate. I'm desperate if to get desperate out, he said. If you're
0: desperate for the loo, exactly. If you're desperate for the loo... A wall will then do. You don't... Exactly. Exactly that. A wall will do. Mm. And in this case, the wall... He's at Villa Park.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's
0: gotta go up against it. Why the wall. he hasn't pissed all over it, I don't know. Yeah. Your guess is as good as mine. Maybe he's got exceptional bladder control. Well, it seems so. Mm. It seems so. Anyone
1: else? Serge Gnabry. He's gonna go on loan. Uh, he's gonna go on loan to the uh to the championship. Uh two mm, clubs mm. two clubs interested, and Arsene Wenger says that they've to, to make a decision.
0: Well, good luck to him. Be nice to see him again. In my head, he's got really fat. <laughs> and that's just how I imagine him.
1: Enormously fat, like the like the one-way-for-thin-mint fat guy from the Monty Python movie?
0: Yeah, exactly, that sort of size. Like, I don't know, just imagine him having just sat around for six months, barely kicked a ball, and he's just got one of those faces with a propensity for chubbiness. Mm. That's, my, that's my estimation. But I'm sure that's not the case. I'm sure... You know, I'm sure will have a productive few months. They're talking about setting out on a very short-term loan, aren't they? Like one or two months, maybe.
1: Yeah, maybe, but I, I would imagine a, a season-long or the rest of the season would do for him, to be honest. Speaking of TV. people who, yeah, but uh, just as an aside from this, did you watch any of the, the FA Cup football yesterday? MK Dons versus Chelsea, by any chance?
0: I actually didn't have to confess okay. I, I well, avoid watching them wherever I can so feel me in. I was in a bar so
1: I was watching it and it was hilarious. Like MK Dons quite what their game plan was, I've got no idea. But but none of it involved defending in any way. There was simply no question that right. they would defend. It was it was Amazing. I've never seen anything quite like it, really. That uh, defenders just didn't defend and midfielders didn't. Nobody, no defense was not a thing. They have no concept of it. But anyway, Hmm. in the studio, they had Rude Hullett, uh, Alan Shearer, and Paul Ince. And Paul Ince looked like a man who had been squeezed into a sausage skin of a suit, he had these enormous (sighs) thighs. And he has right, since okay. his retirement. Obviously, you know, he's spread out a bit. He's let himself he's let himself enjoy some of the foods uh, that he couldn't perhaps enjoy as a player. And there's a wideness his to him now. The shape has evolved. Yes, there mm, is. A, there's mm. a wideness to him now, um, and and that just uh, like when a you men- he's <laughs> spreading. <laughs> when you mentioned uh, Ganabri, it just reminded me of, of Paul Ince and his uh, enormous sausage skin thighs.
0: Wow. Mm. And why do these pundits insist on wearing such tight trousers? It is bizarre. I don't know. Jamie Redknapp started that. It was a trend, wasn't it? Mm. But, you know, he had quite lithe thighs. Paul Inns, no. Mm. Think think about this, mate. Go baggy. It makes sense.
1: Yeah, he should be wearing cargo pants and a suit jacket or something. Or
0: tracksuits, guys. Track suits.
1: You know what they need? A desk for these people to sit behind so we don't have to look at their bulging thighs and, you know, rather prominent crotches when they're sitting there and crossing their legs or uncrossing their legs. We don't need to see Pundit Gooch.
0: I feel like they used to have desks in the old days, didn't they? I think so. Jimmy Hill had a desk. We never knew if he was wearing trousers.
1: No. And I heard, now you can can write this off as scurrilous gossip, if you like, but I heard that very often he wouldn't wear trousers at all, wearing only speedos in the mm. uh, in the BBC
0: match of the day studio.
1: It's part of what As drove. Or yeah, sc- no, it's part of what drove Frank Boff mad.
0: That mm. makes sense. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, You didn't hear a lot of that in the in the remembrances about Jimmy Hill, did you, Colin? No, I mentioned the great trouser incident. No, well, no. good to get that out there now. Probably enough time has passed that it's okay. Um, anyhow. We are talking absolute bollocks this morning. This is true, but I, th- I think that's fine. Well, it's the FA Cup, isn't it? The, yeah. this is the magic of the FA Cup that we're that we're indulging in right here.
1: Yes, the magic of the cup. It is. It is a magic cup, and there was cupish magic at the weekend.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, there was. I, I mean, you know, we went through. We did. What more do you want?
1: Yeah, like somebody to pull doves out of a hat.
0: Yeah, what? come on guys. Cheer up. No, it was a, it was actually quite an interesting game. Burnley are all right, aren't they? I mean they'll, they they could well get promoted, I thought. They look pretty decent to yeah. me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they were okay uh, and um yeah, I thought I thought it was quite a fun game overall. You know, nine yeah. changes from the
0: team that the Nine changes. Yeah. It's a lot, isn't it? It's an awful lot, and given that, I thought we played played pretty well.
1: All right, so look, let's go through it with the you know the various you know bits because I've I've made some notes here. Um, mm. One note says El Nenny. debut for the yeah, uh, yes. Egyptian international. He looks tall. He looks you know maybe it's because so many of our players are are not necessarily tall, but he looks quite tall, doesn't he?
0: He looks tall, yes. He looks tall. Is he really tall? Impossible to say, but certainly looks it. Yes. Um, I thought he did all right. I thought he did all right. Very conservative for the most part, I would say, apart from those long-range shots, which I think everyone enjoyed.
1: Can we we put the conservatism down to the fact that it was his debut and he wanted to just be... uh, I, I guess make sure that he came through it well. he had good passing statistics he didn 't give the ball away very much, um, maybe he was a little bit yeah. safe at times, but that's that 's not a bad thing
0: no, I think that 's certainly true um It was almost like seeing a young player on one of their early starts. you know the decisions made were sort of the the obvious ones there wasn 't too much adventure in what he did, but I thought it was interesting to see him play interesting to see him play alongside Francis Coquelin as well rather than uh rather than next to him. Um, sorry, rather than instead of him. So, you know, it showed that he can play that kind of box-to-box role. It wasn't a defensive performance, was it, by any stretch of the imagination?
1: No, certainly about three minutes in, he's like ahead of the ball and in the box and trying to make things happen in the box. So you're thinking, hey, this is not a man who has been told, just sit in front of the back four and patrol. Uh, you mm. know, that's very much not the case. Uh, but no, I, I quite liked it. I, you know, it's really early. You can't make any definitive judgments. But based on what we saw so far... I think I think he looks all right, you know. Um he, he adds he adds a little bit of something to to a midfield that's needed it for the last couple of weeks. Now what whether or not he's done enough to force his way into Premier League thoughts straight away, I, I don't quite know, but it's nice to have the option.
0: It is exactly nice to have the option. And uh yeah, I thought it was encouraging. I didn't think it was, you know, the most exciting debut we're ever gonna see, but he's probably not the most Necessarily eye catching, exciting player. He's someone who provides continuity and lots of energy. And I thought it was telling that, you know, come uh, the 93rd minute or whatever it was, when Theo Walcott went through on goal, it was El who was right up there alongside him. You know, that's what we've heard a lot about. And this guy covers a lot of ground. And I thought that was in evidence uh, against Burnley. Yeah.
1: What well, Should he have passed Walcott?
0: I don't know. I don't know. He should have scored more like that. Yeah. Think. Yeah. That's what he should have done. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. I sort of feel people say, well, you can't ask a striker to pass there. And I go, yeah, that's fair. But I think you can ask them to score. You, you, um, you don't ask. You demand. You say you demand. score from
1: there or else, you know. He stopped
0: scoring goals there, up. He, he has really stopped has. stopped scoring goals. Yeah. He's done some sort of goal strike.
1: <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. I'm just, gonna, I'm just looking here to see uh, his last goal was against Manchester City, right?
0: I think it's one in 15.
1: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. You are absolutely correct. One in 15. Actually, it's one in 16 because the last time he scored was for England um, against uh, Estonia on the 9th of October. There was a Manchester City goal on the 21st of December. Uh, the 9th of October um, for England. And then, of course, there were the, uh, the goals against Leicester at Olympiacos. Yeah. Poor. Yeah, Another It's not great, is it? It's not a great return. But anyway, let's move no, on it's... from him.
0: Okay, we'll leave him for now. We'll yeah. leave him for now.
1: Oh, for now. You're, you're uh, so determined who's... to come back, I see.
0: Oh, yeah, big time. I'm not done with him. Um, what's next on your list? Uh, Iwobi. Ooh. Oh, I like him. Mm. I thought he was he's exciting. Yeah, yeah,
1: he was. He was good. He was good. I liked. Uh, I said this the last time he played. What I really liked about him was the the pace with which he hits the ball when he's making passes. You know, he's he doesn't seem timid in any way. Um, I, I I really liked the way that he was uh, he, he moved through the midfield. Was involved in both the goals, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. I think he played it to Alexis, who played it to to Callum Chambers. Let's let's talk about that finish. That was something else
0: a thing of beauty a thing of beauty mm. I I really thought there was some sort of uh, something significant about the fact that he scored that goal on the day Thomas Rosicki made his comeback to the first team squad you know an outside of the foot finish perfect really for the occasion it was an advanced um,
1: tribute to Rosicki who picked up yet another injury
0: I know I know I mean this was sort of Rosicki Memorial Day and uh, yeah brilliant goal and mm. Arsaminga said afterwards that he's quite a good finisher in training so there you go maybe we'll see more of that in future. Mm, it was a, it was a handsome goal from a handsome young man. That's what I would say. Yes, why not? Why yeah. not at all? Um, and nice work from away beyond, particularly Alexis, as you say in the build-up.
1: Yeah, I think but, it was um, um, it was like a two-minute build-up. I think we kept possession for two minutes. We got lucky, I think, oh, really? once when Alexis tried to make a pass and it bounced back off a whole player and he kept the ball. But we moved it. I'd say four hundred, five hundred passes in the build-up to that particular goal. Something like that. Mm. That was the Optus stats wow. anyway.
0: Lovely, lovely. Mm. Four, five hundred thousand million mm. passes. Um, uh, it will be. Yes, I think he's very intriguing because what he has is something which in the young player is kind of the hardest thing to you know that there are plenty of technically gifted young players, plenty of very athletic young players, but he's got that sort of intelligence, hasn't he? He's got a natural mm. kind of tactical awareness, and I think that shows in the fact that Arsenal chose to play him as the number ten. He could easily have put Alexis in the middle or Oxley Chamberlain in the middle and shoved a wide as he has done with so many young players. But he kind of gave him you know the, the most prominent role in the team, really the Urzel role, the key playmaker for the for the second time. Exactly. And I think that speaks volumes, really, about how the estimation in which he's held.
1: Mm. Uh, He made some comments about him after the game. He said his decision-making is spot-on. His awareness is very interesting. He develops very well. He's very clever. I like the timing and the quality of his decision-making. He always turns where you want him to turn, and he plays the ball where you want him to play the ball. And I think for Arsene Wenger, I think those uh, are particularly interesting things that he's pointed out there, because nothing quite frustrates him uh, as much as a bad decision on the pitch. Um you see him sometimes go bananas when the wrong pass is taken or or what have you. Uh, and when he sees a young guy like that who's only 19, I think he's only played eight times for the club and he's talking about those qualities in him, I think that's uh, I think that speaks speaks volumes as to the the esteem that the manager uh, holds him or at least the 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 potential that he sees in him.
0: Absolutely and I think I mean, you know, I don't want to go overboard here and sort of draw a direct parallel between these players, but those are the kinds of things he says about Mesut Ozil, aren't they? They're the qualities in him that he admires so much. And he always says about him, you know, he, he makes, he always makes the pass you want him to make. Mm. He sees the thing you want him to see, uh, and he obviously sees a bit of that in Aubameyang too. Obviously, he's got an awful long way to go, but uh, I, d- I, you know, I don't expect him to go out on loan today, which I thought he might do. I think they not want to keep him around because I think he's demonstrated that he he can be useful between now and the end of the season.
1: Mm. Arsene Wenger said much the same. He said I have hesitation about loaning him because I think this guy could very quickly play. That you know, given the opportunities in the team, he could well he could well become an important part. Well, not necessarily an important part of the squad, but a very useful part of the squad between now and the end of May. So.
0: Well, look, I um, the other thing just on this subject, uh, I don't know if this will happen on deadline day, but we are supposed to be signing a further two Nigerian youngsters, aren't we? Yeah. Is that a deal that has to go through on deadline day, or is it one that can happen outside of that because it's the academy? I I, I don't
1: know. I don't know, but the, the other day the manager was certainly talking about wanting to get them done before the end of... Uh, before the window... I'm just going to get the story here. Yeah, he wanted to get them done before the window started. Bum, bum, bum. Here we go. Uh, I have the story coming up here. He says, talks are progressing well, but there are work permit issues. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, He says, we'll see if we can manage to get it over the line uh, during this transfer period. So
0: Ah, so maybe we will get some news about that. What I can say is that uh, they've definitely uh, been over... At London Colony, accompanied by none other than Nwankwo Kanu. So there you are. Nice
1: company to keep.
0: Nice company to keep. Good, yeah. to, good to see the the big man back at the Emirates.
1: Yeah. I don't know how necessarily to pronounce their names. Do you?
0: No. 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 So. have Ke-
1: Nwakali. Uh, Kelechi Nwakali. N- 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 no-
0: N- N- right. And, and Sam- Samuel Chukwezi. Chukwezi. Okay. I'm like going it. with that. Yeah? Our Nigerian listeners will doubtless condemn us for our mangled interpretation, but there you go.
1: Or or laud us for correct pronunciation, if indeed that
0: has or, been the case. Or just for having a bloody good go. Yeah, you've got to give credit where it's due. At least we tried. Exactly. There's going to be a lot of people out there not trying, and here we are, a podcast, humiliating ourselves having a go. Um, Alex Iwobi, yes, all good. Mm. Have you got anything else on your list or are we just free-forming now?
1: Free-forming now off the top of my dome like I'm freestyling like things. Alexis, Alexis, <laughs> Alexis. Come great on. rhyme, great
0: rhyme. Yeah, um, It's nice to have him back, isn't it?
1: It is, and you know what? He won the game for us with a really, really excellent goal. It was a, 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 a very tasty breakaway. Uh, some nice little flicks. The one time that Giroud's uh, back heel flick or whatever came off in the game, it will be involved again. Set Oxley Chamberlain free uh, on the right hand side of the area. Pulls it back, Alexis. Boom! And there it is. There's the yeah. winning goal. And that's what Alexis can do for you.
0: Exactly. Match winner. And he showed it. And I thought. Um... I thought he was good. I thought he was, you know, there were a couple of moments of rust, but for the most part, I thought it was a really, really exciting performance from him. And uh, do you think he'll be ready to go straight back into the team for the Premier League game Tuesday night? Yeah. 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 Fucking sure. Uh, We even brought him off and everything. Yeah, 70 minutes, more or
1: less, we brought him off and he came off and he was looking downwards. He was like, oh... I gotta come off. I understand why. I'm only just back from injury. There's a lot of football still to play, but he couldn't keep that look (laughs) off his face. You know, he tried to keep it neutral, but you could see in his eyes he was like weeping, weeping,
0: Mm. weeping. Yeah, devastated. Mm. But it's for the best. It is for the best. Got to keep one eye on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So good, great to have him back, and also Francis Coquelin.
0: Yes, 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 yes. That was nice as well. I mean, that if you told me he'd be back before the end of January, I would have been absolutely delighted. Mm. So, um, yeah, lovely to see him alive and well. Yes. Much like me in the start of this podcast. Well, this is it. Because, and, well, uh,
1: Yeah, I, I wasn't worried that Coquelin had been eaten by a bear, though. I, I just, Ooh. you know,
0: I, just I never it was... rule it out with an Arsenal player. We've had every other injury.
1: Mm. Yeah, bear attack. Bear attack. <laughs> have you seen that film, The Revenant?
0: I mean... No, but I feel like I know that he gets attacked by a bear, so it holds less appeal to me.
1: Well, if you haven't seen The Revenant and you're interested in seeing The Revenant, uh, spoiler alert, you can fast forward a few seconds from now.
0: But I saw it. I saw it. Yeah.
1: And it's made me hate bears a bit. And I love bears. I fucking love bears. Is the bear the villain? Well, the bear is a villain in my mind because it had a brilliant opportunity to eat Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, stone dead could have killed him. It had, like, bear cubs could have fed the cubs with the corpse of DiCaprio. And it just was, it was like, it was lazy bearing. It was a lazy bear. It just didn't take the chance well enough, allowing DiCaprio to somehow survive and thus put us through another two fucking hours of the wooly face wanker hauling himself around the ice and the cold and and all that, when really we could have just gone home two hours early and done something useful. I mean, it's really upsetting that that bear didn't take the chance that it had.
0: So you didn't enjoy the film? No. Right.
1: No, I did not. I, I thought it was tedious and overly long, and repetitive and, in fact, ludicrous. This is another spoiler bit if you've just stuck with it and you still... There's a bit, right, where he's riding a horse and he rides the horse off a fucking cliff, like a gigantic cliff, and he crashes into a tree while still on the horse and then it cuts to the bottom and the horse is lying on the ground, as you would expect, dead as shit because it just fell off a fucking cliff into a gigantic <laughs> pine tree and the horse is on the ground like just think of a dead horse on the ground and all of a sudden yeah, yeah. you just see Leonardo DiCaprio going oh, oh, like fuck off there's no way he could have survived that no chance the horse, the horse didn't, didn't, break didn't survive. His, no, the horse didn't survive, and the horse couldn't have broken his fall. Horses are not made of foam. They're not gigantic like foam mattresses that you see stuntmen jump onto off the top of buildings. They're fucking animals made of really spiky bones and shit. So one of those bones, one of the leg bones would have come up through the horse's own belly and just like come through DiCaprio's neck or something. There's no way he would have just like. It was like the fucking A team. You know, the way everybody in the A team got blown up and fucking shot, but nobody died? It was like that. Mm. So, yeah, no. It made me quite angry. I didn't enjoy that film at all. Okay. So. Okay, well, I won't go. uh, But coming back to the original point that we were making.
0: I've no idea what that was, but okay.
1: It's that Francis Cockerline was not eaten by a bear, and this is a positive thing for the rest of our season.
0: Ah, yes. Yeah? Certainly is. Certainly is. I mean, I thought he looks maybe a little bit rustier than Alexis um, on his first game back. But no matter, it's so important, so important that he's there. So good to have him back.
1: Good to have him back. And the draw was made then for the fifth round of the FA Cup, and it's Arsenal versus Hull City. Isn't that interesting? Of course it is. Yeah. All over again. Yeah,
0: it's good. For whom Akpom scored a hat trick this weekend. He certainly did. He certainly did. Presumably, These, he, yeah. he will not be eligible.
1: Now, there's some there's some discussion over this. I think they are eligible, both uh, Akpom and Hayden. Yes, like Premier League rules mean that you can't play against your parent club, right? But we have a bit of precedent here because Sanchez Watt was on loan with Leeds and we allowed him permission to play against us in the FA Cup. Was it the game that Thierry Henry scored in? Could have been. I don't know. It doesn't Maybe. It doesn't. But This is not the point. The point is that a player, these are the rules, a player on a temporary loan transfer is ineligible to compete in the challenge competition unless permission to do so is given by the lending club in writing. And a copy is received by the association, blah, blah, blah. Then there's a point where it says the association will not give permission for players on loan or work experience to play against the lending club. So you're thinking, no they can't do it but then there's another clause which says players on season long term loan arrangements are not considered loan players and are therefore mm. eligible to play in the competition so i think it's going to come down to arsenal giving akpom and hayden permission to play against us I, I do you think they will i or they should
0: um I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say either's guaranteed to start for to begin with. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I think Arsenal's argued in the past that he thinks it's right and fair that players should be eligible to play, hasn't he? Yeah. I think he said it's sort of too selective to allow them to play against some teams and not some others. So if he sticks that, with that philosophy, I guess they will be permitted to play.
1: Yeah, I don't see um, the problem. I think they should be able to play. Um, yeah, I, don't, I really don't see why not.
0: It shouldn't be a massive conflict of interest for them, really. Like, you know, they're, they're representing that club at the present time and they want to stay in the competition, right? Yeah. It's not like they're going to get a medal if Arsenal go on and win it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, uh, as if there'd be some kind of underhand thing where I will deliberately play badly uh, against my parent club because that will endear me to the manager who won't think, well, why the fuck didn't this guy play well? He, he played mm. badly on purpose? To, for the bet, no, mm. you know that's not going to happen at all so I think uh, yeah let them on let them play
0: let them play bring them on mm-hmm. I'm not scared no
1: so will we'll we uh, will we leave it at that for for part one yeah let's let's go to part two okay we'll answer some of your questions right after this fantastic impression of James with more helium <laughs> there we go Welcome back to the Arscast Extra. This is part two, where we answer the questions that you send to us on Twitter at Gunnar and at Ars and also the part of the show where I do more impressions. This time, James, <clears throat> I've been working real hard on this one. This time, I am a Go Gregorian on. choir. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. And that's just you. That's just you doing that.
1: It's just me. Trust me. I've like I've got vocal chords like Tarzan's banjo. Lovely. <laughs> Lovely.
0: Any any more? I mean is that the extent of it or
1: Well that, that's it. Well, I guess I could do like a a, a, a a boys choir. Would you like to hear a boys choir? Desperately. Okay. Oh. Oh, it's it's tough going. though. that's hard
0: going. Yeah, you can't keep that one up. Really, can't keep Ooh, that one up for long. No,
1: no, no, no. Anyway, I think we should probably get on with the uh, the questions before I before I wear my voice out. I don't want to give away all okay. my uh, impressions in one show as well. You know.
0: Sure, sure, sure. We'd hate that. We'd mm. hate that. Uh, um, okay. Well, have, have you got a question then? Okay, I've got. Yeah,
1: I do actually have a question. This comes from mine oh, then. <laughs> Fine. This one comes from just Matt Beck. Be- <laughs> from Matt Beck, who's at Matt Beck twenty-seven, and he wants okay. to know how would you summarize one year
0: of Gabrielle in a word or in a phrase?
1: It, it depends. Like summarize, you could write a thesis on it, and a summary would be a few hundred words, or you could just have one thought, and that would be a, a summarial thought so it's 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 entirely up to you. it's open
0: um I think a year of Gabrielle uh I would say this wait for this, this is good, okay, I would say, quite good, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> planned that one for ages. i'm glad I prepared for that question, yeah. Um, I think he's been good. I think he's been excellent, actually. Like, if you think about the quality of the reserve centre-halves we've had in recent years, he's a massive improvement on that. You know, remember the days of Squalachi, dark times? Mm. Um, He feels like huge progress in that respect. He feels like someone who is good enough to be a first-teamer at Arsenal, just doesn't necessarily get the opportunities. But when he comes into the side, I never necessarily feel the team is significantly weaker for it, which I think... Is that is absolutely what you want from a squad player, um, and I think in the future he'll only get better. So I think he's had a, a really good year. If anything, just maybe a little bit unlucky not to have played more football. Right. What about
1: you? I would be a little more, um, little more cautious. I like him. Okay. I think I totally agree with your main point about like the upgrade on on previous third choice centre halves. I think that's, that's pretty obvious. I think he's been really good at times. But I think as well there have been, you know, maybe moments when his defending has been a little bit naive. Um, but he is still quite young in the, in the life of a centre-half, is he not? He's only 24, 25? 25,
0: 25, something like that, 25.
1: Yeah. So, you know, think about uh, a recently arrived Koscielny, for example.
0: Absolutely. Who yeah.
1: who had similar sort of issues when he first came into English football that perhaps the physical side of things were uh, a little bit, uh, took him a bit of time to adapt to. And I think that, you know, we're seeing a little bit of that, that he, he maybe needs to be a bit more aggressive um, to make sure that he's not, buffeted out of the way or or that players don't get the wrong side of him i think that's happened a, a few times but he is he's got really good qualities uh i think he can certainly grow and improve as a defender uh and i i like what i've seen so far but again i'd just be just a little bit more cautious than you would be in terms of saying he's been excellent i think he's been good uh he's been very very good at times there was one moment i don't know if you remember it during the um during the Burnley game at the weekend where there was a slight miscontrol from him and he had to dive in and make a tackle right on the edge of our box. And he was the last man. And had he not made that tackle, had he mistimed it, you know, we know what a split second means in football terms, that was surely going to be a red card. So uh, he does like to skirt the, 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 the lines of what's scary and not a few times but you know so far so good I would give him a solid 7 out of 10
0: I mean I should have really said that Gabriel uh, or Gabriel had been a revelation shouldn't I you really really should but I uh, I screwed that up yeah you fucked up um, now, yeah I really have really have we'll never never hear that joke um, let's have another question that's a little jingle that I've come up with just for this part of the show Uh, Rian Vacher. Okay. He asks, out of Rizitski, Flamini, Arteta, do you see any of them at the club next season?
1: No. Not Not in a playing role. I do wonder maybe if... Not in a
0: playing capacity.
1: Yeah, maybe there might be something... Maybe there might be something from a coaching point of view. You could see perhaps Arteta... But I suspect that even he might go off and um, you know do some work elsewhere. Uh, maybe take some time off if he does retire from football. He might not even want to retire from football, Arteta. He might decide that he well, could he could play somewhere else. Flamini certainly is only Flamini's only thirty one, isn't he? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I don't see Flamini retiring. So he could he could certainly go off and play somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, I, I would imagine all three are yeah he's only 31 so he's 32 in march so he's you know he's he's getting there but again i think he's probably uh, at an age where he could certainly do a job for uh, for a number of clubs across europe if he wants to to keep playing um, and decides mm. that you know he can save the planet later you know i have got i've got football Absolutely. to play the eco crisis can wait until i'm finished my footballing <laughs> career uh, arteta no i don't see arteta um, Being at the club next season, Um, and I think he
0: might try and play on. If I'm honest,
1: uh, a crazy thought.
0: Yeah, do you think he'll call it a day, or do you think?
1: I think he'll probably try and play on, but I think he'll, I think he'll probably accept that uh, at Arsenal, this time is gone. Um, And I thought he was good when he came on against uh, Burnley. You know, quiet, understated, used the ball very well. Um, I thought he actually brought something into, into the midfield in the final stages of the game, got himself elbowed by Joey Barton, who then proceeded to pick him up by the throat. Uh, you know, so fuck Joey Barton, I think is my, my main point there. But in, in Arsenal terms, it, it's difficult to see him getting the playing time that he would want, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, Carl at I uh, says, will we ever see Rosicky play for Arsenal again?
1: We might, we might. I mean, look, Arsene Wenger says he's got a thigh injury, he picked up a thigh injury in the, in the win over Burnley. Um, he's going to have a scan tonight or today at some point. They'll figure out how, how much time he's going to spend out. But, you know, it would, be, it would be nice if he could even stay fit for the final couple of months of the season and contribute in that nice cameo way that I think we were all expecting him to. Um, you know, just a shame. He comes on after so long out, plays, what, 20 minutes? and something something goes wrong in, in those 20 minutes and, and you do have to worry a little bit, don't you, um, when, when that happens. Could be a consequence of being out for that long, you know, the intensity of an actual game, but uh, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame. So I think we might, I wouldn't rule it out 100% by any means, but he's certainly not going to be an Arsenal player next season.
0: Mm, mm. And do you think... Um the sort of replacements for those players are in the squad already? Or will that have to be something that's addressed in the summer?
1: I would imagine the, the business we do in the summer, again, we've spoken about Elneny, haven't we, coming in as, as a potential summer transfer brought forward? And I think if you yeah. are going to lose Rosicki, Arteta and Flamini, you are going to need to replace them in terms of the squad. And I would be very surprised if when we were doing whatever business we do in the summer that midfielders weren't really high uh, on the list of targets that we have uh, which isn't to yeah. say that players in the squad can't, can't step up um, we've spoken about Iwobi already uh, Alex Oxley chamberlain I thought had a positive game against Burnley maybe a little bit of a step forward and hopefully some way for him to, to regain some form but I think if you are going to look at the Arsenal squad if you just step back and look at it and you were to think about what could we add this summer could really give us, you know, a, a strong platform to go on and and challenge for the title, challenge for the Champions League. You know, somebody else, a really big, big midfield player, seems like the most obvious signing to me.
0: Well, look, it feels like there's a natural segue here. Have you got any questions about Jack Wilshere? Uh, I did, but
1: like, let's go for it.
0: I, do, I don't. Okay. I don't. All I right. Well, I've got one here
1: years. from from Steve Moore. At Steve Moore 4116, who says, Jack Wilshire, what does the head say as opposed to the heart about his future at Arsenal?
0: Well, first things first, shall we clear up? What what is the latest with his? Because there've been conflicting stories, haven't there, over the last twenty four hours about his injury situation?
1: Mm. Arsene Wenger says that he hasn't had a setback. He said that's wrong information. He's looking quite positive. I spoke to Roy Hodgson, obviously, about you know the England situation, and he's progressing well. I expect him back in. He, said, he was reluctant to put a time frame on it, but he said four weeks is what he said when he was pushed at his press conference today.
0: So that is March still. Mm. Um, the head says that he's rapidly going the, the way of Abu Dhabi, as mm. much as it pains me to say it. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the sheer amount of football he's missed. I mean, ju- it, it passed almost without note, but on New Year's Day, uh, Jack Wilshire turned, what was it, 24. And he, um, you know, these are now the peak, peak years of his career, in theory. mm And he's still missing huge swathes of football. Um, The heart wants to believe that he can fulfill the potential he showed us, you know, almost a decade ago now, eight years ago, when he made his breakthrough into the first team. But uh, yeah, the head is is deeply troubled and wonders, just, I mean, naturally wonders if he'll ever get the opportunity to do that. I mean, are you in a similar quandary?
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. I think I'd love to see him do it. You know, I think the talent is obvious. He he really is a fantastically talented player. Uh who who brings things to this midfield that that are different from the midfielders that we have, right? I think that's mm-hmm. that's the key thing for me is that he can he can do things uh that the other players just can't. And I think, you know, to have that range of qualities in a, in a squad is is really important. Um so I'd love to see him fulfill his potential and fulfill his talent. The question then is whether or not he can do that simply because of the injuries that he's sustained. You know, he missed a whole season already. He's on the verge of missing another whole season. And at 24 years of age, you have to worry about whether or not uh, he's missed too much of his development as a as a footballer. You know, that whether that will have an impact. The other big worry I have, right, is that we know, uh, and and from interviews that he's given, that when he's out, he does everything that he should be doing. Um, you know, I know we've had these incidents and little bits of him smoking and what have you, but when he's out, he's doing everything he can to get back. He's training hard, he's working really hard, he's uh, doing everything the experts say. There are a team of uh, physios and surgeons and rehab people, and everybody... Uh, hugely qualified, doing everything they can to get Jack Wilshire back. Now, let's remember that the the injury that he suffered in August was the small fracture to his leg. You're yeah. normally talking six to eight weeks for that kind of an injury for a normal, normal person. Uh, the mm. comeback was supposed to be December and then it was January and then it was going to be February and now it's March. So my worry is that despite his best efforts and the best efforts of everybody around him and at Arsenal to get him fit, that there is just such a fundamental problem with with his ankle or with his leg that, that he just can't do it. And that, for me, is the big worry. I don't think he's not trying. I just think he's not able.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think there was a study. Uh, the BBC did a little bit of research, I think, of every player's injury since, you know, I think it was January 2013, something like that, three mm. years. And I believe I'm right in saying that Jack Wilshere came out as the most injury-prone player in the Premier League with 21 injuries in that time frame. Yikes. Um, that's three more than Daniel Sturridge, to put that in perspective. And uh, it, it's... Um, yeah, it is It is really worrying. And I think the point you make, actually, is a really good one. And it's sort of painful to say, but even if he were to overcome these injury problems now and enjoy a relatively healthy second half of his career he will not be the player he might have been had he remained fit during these formative years because mm. for all his technical gifts you know he plays a role that where experience is so important and decision making is such a, an integral part of what he does i think missing out on that playing time is would hurt any player no matter mm. how no matter how gifted no matter how talented and had he been able to play football regularly across those years, I think we'd have a midfielder undoubtedly now who'd probably be the best in the country, or maybe one of the best in the world. Yeah. I'm not saying he still can't become a top player, but he won't scale the heights he might have done. And that's a real shame. And that, that will irritate and upset nobody more than Arsene Wenger, who is mm. almost obsessed with trying to get the the maximum potential out of players. Can, you know, Can you think of another player...
1: Who has had similar injury issues at that age and come through to become a top player or the player that we all thought they might be? I mean, Robin van Persie,
0: van Persie would springs be maybe to mind. One. But
1: but the one that I the, the caveat I'd have with that was that with van Persie it was a litany of different injuries, whereas everything with Wilshire seems to be connected to to that ankle and that leg, mm. you know.
0: Yeah. I mean Van Persie was the one I was gonna mention simply because he exploded in his late twenties in a way that kind of you know, surprised us all. I think even you know, his talent was obvious, but we never necessarily thought he'd be able to put that all together. Um but then you know, even looking at that, even looking at him as an example, he burned very, very brightly, but for a very short period of time. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was sort of three years. And then and then it and then he fell away again. Mm. Um and that's kind of tragic in itself Um, I mean not for Arsenal fans I suppose once he'd gone to United for 25 million quid but um, I can't think of someone now who had that kind of chronic problem uh, that Wilshere has and subsequently overcame it I mean Mm. it's it it presents a second question obviously which is one we face with Diaby many times which is what do you do in terms of your squad building and I think we are at the point now where you factor him in as a if, if, if he is under contracts and if he is there you factor him as a kind of luxury inclusion but not as someone on whom you can in any way rely.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean I think that's it. He's a bonus he's a bonus option. If he's fit, mm. he brings us something. If he's not, we have to be able to build a squad that can cope with his with his absence. Um mm. you you really can't at this point and you can't go into next season it's just, it would it would just be absolute madness to go into next season counting on Wilshire as one of our our midfield players because he had a full preseason uh, he looked like he was going to play a, a big part and then he gets an injury which should really have been much more manageable than this and he's missed most of the season and that is unfortunately what we're going to have to contend with every time he gets a kick or every time he picks up a, a an ache or a strain so yeah it's, I think it's really sad and very. You know, very sad for him. I think it's a real shame, uh, to, you know, to see a young guy who who has this much talent and, and really wants to do well for Arsenal. Um, I think it's re- really sad to see him like this. And I find it a bit div- difficult to read some of the stuff people say about him. Like, uh, you know, as if he was some kind of fucking Winston Bogard or, or some cunt who's just trying to make money off Arsenal. You know, he's been injured time and time again wearing our shirt. That's the bottom line. You know, he's a guy who's been injured playing for Arsenal. He's trying his best. It's not working out for him. But, you know, there's no need to be uh, a complete dick about it. uh, And just maybe try and have some empathy for another
0: person. That would be my thinking. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would agree with that. Definitely. All right. Your question. Um, My question is, okay, right. Uh, Well, listen... Let's stay with the midfield. So Deepak at Deepak R O so Five says Southampton had the weekend off and they press well. Who plays in the midfield this time? Coquelin and Ramsey. Coquelin and Ramsey with Özil ahead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, he's would be my choice. I
1: yeah. Think. If if Coquelin is back and he's done proper weeks training, he suffered no ill effects to the seventy minutes or something that he got. I mean, I think that's part of why we took him off. Uh, against Burnley um, was to make sure that he was going to be fit and ready uh, for Tuesday. Uh, Ramsey, I think, comes back in uh, and and Mesut um, Ozil ahead, assuming that, that he's fit. Um, so, yeah, that would be it for me.
0: Yeah, I think the same for me. I mean, I suppose Elneny's the only real person who you think, like, oh, maybe they'd throw there. Hacked attention, but I don't see him starting this game. I think it would be Coquelin, Ramsey, Ozil. Mm. What about on the, on the wide positions?
1: That's a good one, isn't it? I think I think Alexis on the left.
0: Yeah, and then on the right.
1: On the right, I think... I wonder, he probably got something t- to think about, given that Oxley chamberlain got an assist at, mm. the, at the weekend. And I wonder if he might be inclined to say, OK... Well, that's the little, the little step forward he needed. Would it do him some good to keep him in the team? Uh, so I wonder yeah. if he might choose that between that. I also wonder who he might play up front. I, despite the miss, I do wonder if the selection, we spoke about this maybe last week, did we? That the selection of Giroud, no, it was on the Arscast on Friday. The selection of Giroud on, on Saturday might be an indication that he's thinking about starting Walcott as a striker on on Tuesday, tomorrow night, but that would be, that would be brave, considering the way Walcott is playing at the moment.
0: Yeah, that'd be interesting, I mean, it is worth saying, I guess, that Walcott's better performances, did come, you know, with Alexis alongside him, in the team, and they combined relatively well, when Walcott was playing through the middle, maybe he'll look to try and recapture that, I agree with you about Oxlade-Chamberlain, I think, Arsene's a huge, huge fan of him, and, Fundamentally, would would love to get him into the side, and I think if he can find an excuse to play him, I think he will. So, wouldn't surprise me to see him get another game against Mm. his former club uh, on Tuesday night.
1: All right, Uh, this one comes from Tim Hardwick at Arcelona, and he says, Do you like the Awobi no shin pad look?
0: (sighs) I'm not sure. Has he got no shin pads on? He must have shin pads. I think you have to have shin pads. He must have tiny wee shin pads, right? Yeah. or he's got, has he got really long of,
1: legs? Like the lower part of his legs are really long.
0: He's been told off by Steve Bold, hasn't he? Apparently. Yeah, Steve Bold's had a word. I mean, I like the sort of casual approach to things. I mean, anyone who's seen me in the street will, will know that much. But I don't know. I, I worry for his shins. I worry for his shins. Hmm. What about you? I like it. I like it. I think it's. Why do you like it? Though? I don't know.
1: It just brings something new and exciting and vivacious. <sighs> vivacious.
0: A bit of sh- a bit of shin for the ladies in the crowd. Everyone loves a bit of shin, or the guys. Yeah. If he's yeah. just flash. Maybe he's just very inordinately proud of his shins.
1: Mm. They're nice shins. I put a picture of them on our uh, blog today. Um, they're, they're good shins. I think you know whatever he's whatever he's comfortable with. Yeah, you can definitely see that he's wearing shin pads, uh, and some players just feel a bit more more comfortable there. I guess the the true measure of this will be when he gets when he gets a shinny, you know, two shins yeah. clacking together, or a shin off shin pad, or a knee on his shin, and they hurt like fuck. So he might decide after that maybe I'll maybe I'll wear my shin pads a little bit higher,
0: you know, but. Right, 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 right.
1: I I like it. I'm a fan. I have to say, I'm a fan.
0: I mean, Jack Grealish does it as well, doesn't he? Aston Villa. His socks are right down there by his ankles. Mm. I've even heard stories of professional footballers um, cutting shin pads to make them even lower. Really? Bizarre story. That. Yeah, yeah. But also now there's a big fashion to make them incredibly small. When I wear play football, I want. I basically want shin pads all over my leg. You want cricket pads? I want to, yeah, I want them above the knee, ideally. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think it's you know, look, you're right. If he's comfortable and it brings the best out of him, let him wear whatever he bloody likes. Yes, I agree. But I ideally, agree. football kit. Yeah, ideally, no, football that, that kit, would but... be
1: good. But yeah, black boots as well. Lotion pads, black boots. Yeah. Is like it's like the 1980s all over again.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, Do we have a question? Yeah. Sean Haynes, at mm-hmm. Haines Sean. He's gone the other way on his mm-hmm. on his uh, handle. There's probably uh, another says, another Sean Haynes. See, maybe, maybe they've done him. Deadline day. Has there ever been an Arsenal player you really didn't like, and that and you were glad when we got rid of them? Maybe an <laughs> illusion to match a there. You know? Uh, yeah, yeah, Gallas. I was glad. I mean, that's the one that jumps out at you, isn't it?
1: I had a sexy party when Gallas left. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It was just yeah, me. did something. It was just me. Yeah, sure. But, you know. Sure. It was, it was quite sexy, um, though. Yeah, I believe you. Um, any others, though? S- I mean, Sylvestra. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What about a guy like uh, Bentner? Did you have... Were you pleased to see him go? Or? Well,
1: it took so long. It took
0: years to get rid of him. It was impossible to get rid of him.
1: By the time he'd left, I was just so weary by the whole thing. I was left disillusioned with life in general. Mm. It was it was mm. a tough it was a tough slog. I think actually there was um, we did a there was a, a story uh, that we did on Arseblog News. Here it is. It was four years. It was four years on. Okay, the first article that we put on the website was Bentner. I must leave Arsenal. This was one, well, one of the first ones. Right. Um, so this was back in June 2011, and uh, Andrew Allen documented this. He said, "In the end, in the end, it took the greatest striker that ever lived another 1,125 days before he actually cleared his locker of his fuchsia boots and turtleneck, turtleneck sweaters." Uh, he went on to say, "His adventures were some of our favorites. Take, for example." That time he called a taxi driver a fat little piggy before attempting <laughs> to have sex with the car. That time mm. he got into a. That time he got a police caution for smashing down the door at his flat's gym. That time mm. Sepp Blatter fined him for flashing his pants. That time he claimed he'd been drugged on a night out, and that time he went on the piss in Newcastle with Lee Cattermole and smashed up a few cars. So he had like he had adventures. It's true. It took him ages, but at least he provided some. Some entertainment value along the way, whereas Galas was entertaining. And yeah. True. So yeah, what, what about, about you?
0: I've got some breaking transfer news by <gasps> the way on this subject. Like uh, uh, this is truly incredible. The Mirror, right a reputable publication, have gone with the following headline: Manchester United consider loan move for Arsenal's Maccio Debushi to ease defensive crisis. Wow. And then it says, the Red Devils are currently without five defenders and have joined the race for the out-of-favour Frenchman who is also wanted by Sunderland and Villa. Hmm. Can you imagine? Hmm. Well, here's hmm. my
1: thoughts on that. If he wants to go to Sunderland or Villa, fine. I got no issue with that. If he wants to go to Manchester United, who are in fairness, rivals for the top four and also perhaps for the title. They're not that far back. I think we should tell him to go stick it up his bum. Yes,
0: yeah. I wonder if this is maybe why he's been so reticent to join uh, Villa or Sunderland or one of these other clubs. He's been hoping that someone decent would come in.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I understand um, that, maybe-
0: but... Maybe he got wind of something like this in the pipeline. I mean, surely Arsenal aren't going to allow him to go to Man United, even if he has been really rubbish this season.
1: Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't.
0: I wouldn't we, allow. We it. could Sylvester them.
1: <laughs> Finally, our revenge. Yeah, but I'm not sure that that would be the case. You know, he could he could actually mm. be all right. You know, because he was he's quite a good player. He has been shit, but he is you know a pretty pretty solid player overall. And yeah. why would we do anything to help? Uh, to help a club like Manchester United
0: I'm inclined to agree um, Have you got any more? Yeah <clears throat> Yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. do, got two more All right uh, there, was, there was Hit news me.
1: about uh, John Terry Being uh, cast aside at Chelsea So given the John Terry news What's your favourite John Terry moment ever?
0: Falling over At Stamford Bridge Van Percy runs through and scores Although having his head kicked off by Abu Dhabi A close second mm.
1: Well, my number one is the uh, the penalty In the Champions League final you know, the, the, that was a moment of such oh, absolute, yeah. absolute majesty that it made me, somebody who does not like Manchester United, happy that Manchester United won the Champions League. This was like watching evil, evil being vanquished before your very eyes. It was so, so funny, made even funnier by the way that he, he wept afterwards. And I understand he was sad, but I also take great pleasure in watching him cry in public. So, so yeah, that was my favourite John Terry moment.
0: Lovely. Lovely. I would be inclined to say that that's a, a very good one, too. Thank you, John Terry, for those wonderful memories.
1: All right. And the final one, final question, very quickly. We have to do this, given that it's a goodly morning and, you know, we, we've got to do one of these questions. Uh, this comes from Nate at Gunnar underscore Nate. And he said, Would you rather switch genders every time you sneeze or not be able to differentiate between babies and muffins
0: like an english muffin or like a cake muffin the 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 style of muffin is irrelevant it's still something edible
1: yeah yeah
0: if i eat the baby does it taste like a muffin i <laughs> <laughs> First question. I,
1: well, I, I doubt it very much because it would still actually be a baby. You just wouldn't be able to tell the difference. It wouldn't be a muffin. So, it so would as soon as like, I
0: bit into it, you'd be
1: thinking, this is this is quite a meaty muffin here. Quite stringy and like chewy and loud.
0: <laughs> yeah. And what if I had children of my own? And muffins of my own. Imagine the confusion.
1: Well, this this is this is what you have to take into account. This is what you have to you know decide yourself. This is the
0: this is it. Everyone, I'd be staring at me in the street. My mm. my mouth would be covered in blood, and I'd be cradling a muffin in my arms, <laughs> singing to it lullabies. I think I'd switch gender. Because think about it, how often do you sneeze?
1: Regularly enough, I would say.
0: Do you sneeze every day? I don't sneeze every day. I
1: don't know if I sneeze every day, but certainly when I do sneeze, it happens more than once in a day. I mean, I, I think that would be much more awkward because A, if you switch... Well, than
0: eating someone's baby because yeah. you thought it was a muffin. There's
1: a very fucking simple solution to that though, isn't there? Is that when it comes to babies and muffins, you just don't have anything to do with any of them. Simple as that.
0: Mate, muffins are too much to work. Nah.
1: Nah. I, I, you see, what happens if you sneeze in the, in the middle of... In the middle of work, for example, or if you were in the middle of a stage performance in the Soho theater and you sneeze and you became a woman, people just people just would be aghast. And then you sneeze back and you'd be you'd be treated as some kind of freak, some kind of mutant and you'd be locked up and, and put somewhere. I think that would be very damaging for your career, whereas you could just say, I don't know if that's a baby or it's a muffin but I'm not having anything to do with it. Or if somebody said, here, look at this, what do you think? And they could have had a newborn newborn baby, and they're showing you this, and to you, you're not sure if it's a muffin or a baby. You'd just say, oh, it's beautiful. That looks really well well made. And you could get away with it, you see?
0: I think... I mean, look, the summer would be difficult for me because i get hay fever. I'd be switching gender all over the place. But then it's 2016, guys. You know, maybe that's fine. So... I'm gonna go with the. Basically, I like muffins too much, well, so I can't take run this baby risk.
1: Yeah, you don't. You don't want to be found eating a baby
0: somewhere. Definitely not. Not again. <laughs> All right. Well, look. So I, I'm I, going. I'm yeah. going. I'm going with that.
1: All right. No, I'm going the baby we'll muffin. We agree. Disagree. Yeah. Once again. Okay. Fine. A chasm opens between us. What can we? That's do? That's
0: right, guys. We don't always agree.
1: Mm. All right. We're gonna leave it there. Um, we'll be back with another Arscast Extra next Monday. Who are we playing at the weekend? Bournemouth?
0: Bournemouth. Right. Bournemouth.
1: Right. Well, look, we'll discuss the Southampton game and the Bournemouth games on the Arscast on Friday. Join us next week for another Arsecast Extra. Until then, cheers. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>